right, Ben. We got to do it. We're here for Jay Stock. After a 9-4 Blue Jays loss, welcome to Jay's Talk, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection across the Sportsnet radio network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show and Ben here with you. We are taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open as always. 416-870-0591, star 590 on your cellular device. 590-590 is where you can text us. That's the people's line. And that is always open as well. But Ben, I can uh, I can just hear the calls and uh, see <laughs> the texts already uh, because I have a feeling it will be largely Chris Bassett themed to th- this afternoon. He was hammered today, like a truly terrible debut. Like here, here, here are the stats. Okay, all right, three and a third, ten hits, nine earned runs, no walks, which I guess is good, <laughs> no K's, four home runs. In those nine earned runs, 10 hard hit balls, just four whiffs on 57 pitches. Uh, the sinker, 1.7 miles an hour slower than last year's average. The cutter, which he uses on lefties, one and a half miles an hour slower than the average. Put it this way, career high for Bassett in home runs and runs allowed, 125 starts. And he has never allowed four home runs or nine earned. So uh, not a lot of ways to positively look at the uh, Blue Jays debut of one Chris Bassett. No, it... it... And not that many ways, I think, to even dive deep into one specific thing. You know, it wasn't like he left a bunch of sinkers up his main pitch or something like that. At least according to the stat cast data, four different types of pitches got hit for the four home runs. One sinker, one um, four seamer, one cutter, one curve. So it's tough. I mean, it, you know, he, le- he left some pl- pitches over the plate today. Like you said, good. He didn't have walks, but might have taken a couple more walks as opposed to the alternative which was, you know, some balls left over the plate. And it wasn't actually the guys necessarily that you thought would get you. Not that yeah. Nolan Gorman isn't an, a big prospect necessarily and a great young player, but Arenado and, and Goldschmidt are the guys, if you're going to get beat with the homers, you want to get beat by not Gorman and Donovan and everyone else. Yeah, I think his first three pitches of the games, a uh, game today included two home runs, basically, which is uh, not yeah. good <laughs> either way. Let me ask you this. I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. Was it at all? or can it at all be related to Pitchcom and him calling his own pitches? Because that's something that's relatively new for him and for all pitchers, really, because we haven't, I don't think we saw it at all last year from anyone across Major League Baseball, much less the Blue Jays. But can that be something that maybe is, is screwing him up a little bit, throwing him off perhaps? I wouldn't put it out of question. I mean, I don't know to what degree it would make an impact. I'll right. be very interested to hear as I'm sure everyone will the post game comments uh, that we will get about this start. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it gives him an extra thing to think about. Buck has talked about that sometimes on the television side. And I do kind of subscribe to that same theory of there's already a lot going on in Chris Bassett's case. Not only is it a season with new rules, but you're on a new team in a new league. Do working with new catchers, do you need this extra thing? So I I just don't totally know that it's the best use, not for Bassett specifically uh, of anyone's brain power, because in a way pitchers always call their own games. They are never forced to throw a single pitch. They can wave off anything they want, even with the constriction of 15 to 20 seconds. So uh, I'm not going to say that, you know, if Chris Bassett, doesn't call his own pitches today he goes seven shutout innings right right of course to a certain extent he just wasn't on his game today his his command was not there however 
with so much going on, I do wonder if that is really helping him if it's doing nothing, in which case probably don't need it anyway, or if it could be really hindering him. And I'm sure that's something like I want, you know, they probably don't know to a certain extent. This was the first time Chris Bassett in a major league game went out there with a pitch com. I know he did it in spring training, but that's a completely different animal to 45,000 screaming fans when it matters in St. Louis in your debut. So do I think it'll go away for next game? Probably not, but I would assume they're monitoring it. Let's go to the phone lines. 416-870-0591, 590 star 590 on your cellular device. Chris calling in from the West Coast, Vancouver. Chris, welcome to JSTOCK. Hey, thanks for that, guys. Yeah, I love the show. Listen all the time. Hey, I just wanted to touch on what you were talking about with Bassett and the pitch comp. So um, what I think has to happen is after this game, they got to they got to evaluate like whether or not this is going to work because like it's pretty clear that Bassett doesn't trust Danny Jansen to call the game. And I know they were talking on the broadcast about how he loves to shake and he loves to shake all these pitches. Doesn't have time for that anymore. So I think he's either going to have to figure out how to use the pitch comp, call the pitch and then execute the pitch. Cause that was the big problem today. He didn't seem to have too much problem calling the pitch just then he maybe was a little bit rushed and wasn't executing or he's going to have to let Danny Jansen call the game and just trust what he calls and focus on execution. So, uh, I mean, obviously it's one game, it's one start, not totally freaking out or anything, but that was one of the worst debuts I think of any Blue Jays starter ever. So uh, hopefully they can make an adjustment next time around, but uh, thanks a lot guys. Love the show. Hey Chris, thanks for calling in. Thanks for joining Jay's talk today. Yeah. I mean, he makes a lot of fair points. You know, the, I, I, I don't have the numbers of every Blue Jays debut in front of me, but I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that likely, four runs and nine earned runs is uh, probably high up there. Yeah. Likely in the top five. Cause yeah. you know, Barrios's opening start last year was not his Blue Jay debut. Um, but yeah, I mean, correlation causation, not always the same thing, but worth noting, Alec Manoa also tried calling his own pitches. That's true too. Uh, had some issues, not necessarily calling pitches, just had some issues getting through his innings on day one. And Kevin Gosman did not call his own pitches. Uh, and he had quite a remarkable start. I thought yesterday. So yeah, I mean, there's, it's, there's just a lot going on. And, and like Chris had mentioned what Chris Bassett, some of the stuff he used to do may not be as effective or as feasible now. So there just may be a transition period for everyone. You know, like like the thing Chris was talking about, he may have to trust Danny Jansen. It may not even get to a point where they have to. It may get to a point where by the time they're wondering, hey, do we need this pitch comm anymore? They've known each other for a month and a half or more than that, but a month and a half of regular season, they've pitched to each other enough that at that point they can get it down. Like, we don't know. Bassett hasn't said, hey, I'm using this every single start, nor has he said, Hey, I'm going to use it the first five. So it's something to monitor, but I I would agree with Chris that probably the execution of his pitches is a bigger thing to monitor going forward. Yeah. And I mean, we, we talked about this a lot last season too, when remember when Danny Jansen got injured and the two catchers were for a time Kirk and then Gabriel Moreno. And we, one of the things we talked a lot about in the absence of Danny Jansen was his ability to call the game with the absence of that ability, the Blue Jays pitchers, I'm not going to use the word lost, but it it looked like they were a smidge less effective for guys that were used to working with Danny Jansen. And that's not a knock on Kirk or even Moreno. It's just that less experience less than experience. Jansen. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that's how it is for <laughs> virtually any, any uh, work, any job you'll, you'll have out there. So Maybe maybe it is a familiarity thing. Maybe as Chris Bassett gets more familiar with Jansen, he will, just like you're saying, Ben, just trust him more. 
But um, I, I, I personally would feel okay seeing less of the pitch com for the pitcher for Bassett specifically, because the other half of it is we know he is very particular. I'm sure all pitchers are particular, right? Like all, all athletes are particular, but um, they have their ways of doing things. But if that's the case, then I, I wonder if it is something that needs to be looked at a little more from, you know, with the team in terms of how Bassett and Jansen prepare together. Yeah. And they, you know, they have four or five days to try and work on that. And, and the good news is, you know, this is a gauntlet to make your first start yes. against. This is a, a, a good team. I know a lot of blue Jays fans are going to be upset that they lost the series today. One team that's logo is a bird was going to be upset that they <laughs> lost a series today. And I'm not talking about the Orioles who just lost a series to the Red Sox because both of these are supposed to be playoff teams. And, and Granted, was it Goldschmidt and Arenado hitting the homers? No, they were still in the lineup and it's a, you know, it's a deep projected 90 win team. So maybe now that this game is behind him, maybe some of the pressure comes off a little bit. They go to Kansas city. They have time to rework on this and he's set up for more success in Kansas city. He is or part of me in, in uh, when against uh, in Anaheim yeah, in Anaheim, he won't pitch against Kansas city. against the angels. Yeah. We'll see Bassett next, I guess to open the series in Los Angeles, because it certainly seems like at least right now, the probable pitchers for the series in KC, which starts tomorrow, will likely go Barrios, Kikuchi, then Manoa Gosman for the first four games. And then the next game will be in uh, will be in Anaheim. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. 416-870-0590, triple eight triple six zero five ninety star 590 on your cell. Billy calling in from Mark and Billy. Welcome back to Stock. How's it going? How you doing, show Ben? L- listen, guys, uh, very simply put, it's it's early. It's three games. Hey, uh, I, I, my worries at the beginning of the year was our was our pitching staff and our bullpen. Not so much our first two starters. I was not high on Chris Bassett when we signed him, and I think you're going to see this all year. Just like Barrios, it's either going to be good start or bad start, and, and it's that simple. He did it with Oakland, and so did uh, Barrios. So I, I'm not I'm not surprised at that at all. Our bullpen is god awful. I don't care how good it pitches, and it has his little run. We are not going to win the World Series with this bullpen, very simply put. But I, I love the way this team plays. Uh, you know, we got some funky weather in St. Louis. I'm not going to blame it on that. But this team looks really good, and we'll start hitting home runs, and it'll all come. But, guys, here's the, th- here's the reason for my phone call. And I know you're going to tell me that it's not going away. This pitch clock is ridiculous. It is killing baseball, and it's only been three games. The first game of the year went three hours and 31 minutes. Did anybody complain that it was a, a long, boring game? No, it was a great ball game the first game of the year. But these pitchers, I'm not talking about the Mark Burleys and the Max Scherzers who pitch fast. They're going to have no problem with this pitch clock, pitch clock. But you've got to start cutting these pitchers some slack. It looks like they are in a 100-yard dash out there. And you can't tell me that, well, spring training, they got to get used to it. Come on, guys. They have pitched this way their whole life. Don't give me one month and tell me you've got to get used to it. You know, I, if you want to stop pitchers from walking around the mound or, or, or whatever it is, I, I get that. But you've got to give them more time. Pitchers have got to have time to think. Have you ever seen Alex Manoa that bad? Alex Manoa never gives up. Manoa has a, Manoa's slider is a strike-to-ball slider. It's either he's either striking you out because you chased or it's ball two or ball three. Two of them he hung probably because he rushed and they're hit out of the ballpark. I'm telling you guys, this pitch clock is going to kill pitchers. 
it's going to kill them. That's all I got. Thank you so much for the call, Chris. You already told me what you knew I was going to say. It's not going away. It's not. <laughs> I, I, I mean, people have the absolute right to feel whatever way they want about it, but it won't go away. I do think Billy has a point about perhaps it rushing pitchers and affecting different pitchers differently. Like, I think that that is definitely... I, I would feel like a complete fact, right? I mean, like, and, and again, look, we're going to see you say Kikuchi in a couple of days. And one of the things we talked about during spring training was simply is, and again, spring training is spring training. You take everything with a grain of salt. And how, how many results can you like concretely draw from spring training? Probably few, if any, but at the same time, Kikuchi did look relatively focused when it comes to using the pitch clock. Cause he was a guy who looked like he would take a long time after he would have a bad result in an AB he would take a lot, almost looked like he was getting within himself. And he spoke about that during spring training to a certain degree. So it looked like maybe you can help him. And to use a cards example, I almost kind of wonder if the pitch clock compounded some of the, some of the awful results we saw from Jack Flaherty yesterday. Maybe right? I mean, Flaherty yeah. had seven walks and maybe that's that snowball kept rolling and rolling and rolling. And yes, he did not allow a hit and did not allow an earned round obviously to go along with that. But I do kind of wonder if you'll see more, you know, snowball effects for lack of a better word when it comes to the Kikuchis and Flaherty's and I guess Bassett's of the world. Yeah, I guess I would disagree a little bit that they had a month to prepare right. just because, I mean, the rule, first of all, is passed before spring training. And if you're not spending your off season preparing for this and you go out there and you get burned, I, I really think that's your fault, not the rules fault. Rules change all the time and you have time to prepare for them. And you could even argue, I mean, there was two seasons of pitch clock baseball in the minors, one in an isolated league. And then last year in every league. So it, it was kind of obvious regardless of, of feelings about the pitch clock, I, you know, to a certain extent, sure. They might not be prepared. When were they going to be, you know, like when, when they made, when they made it grade 12 to graduate, some grade 13s had to, you know, graduate with them. And I'm sure that wasn't fun, but someone was going to have to be the test dummy kind of, you yeah, know, like yeah. someone was going to be in the transition period unless they somehow tried to like do it in the minors and not the majors and then wait until pretty much every older major leaguer was gone. But that doesn't seem very practical. What I will say is the good news is uh, a couple years from now, I don't think any of the young guys coming up will struggle with this. Not only do they use it in the minors, but most guys that I talked to in the minors last year we're told that they do it to pitch quickly in college. And a lot of us don't remember, but we were constantly told to pitch quickly as kids. And it's, I think actually a pretty feasible thing to do. Throw a pitch every 20 seconds. My opinion, Chris is right to his opinion as well, but he knew where I was going. It's not going away. So I, uh, I see a text here from Ryan in Orangeville. He says, I knew, I know a few teams had the volume turned up too high for the catchers on Pitchcom in spring training, and the batters were able to hear the pitches being called. Really? I didn't see that story, yeah. to be I did, honest. I did, that's I, cool. I did remember hearing about that. So he's, and he, Ryan, I wonder if that's the issue for Manoa and Bassett. It's definitely possible. I kind of, I do kind of wonder about Again, that, right? These are like the many obstacles where I wonder wh- how much is this worth it? You know, right, like if, right. if we right. have to worry about this, yeah. has it gone too far? Because there were concerns, now probably un- unfounded, I would guess, that, that, people were going to like base runners were going to hear the pitch calm from the pitchers speak. Right. Right. So if that's a possibility, which again, I actually don't really think it is that no one's ever said that has happened since pitch calm came in. But if that is a possibility, then I certainly wouldn't want my own catcher wearing it <laughs> and having just like a Siri voice, say fastball bottom left, and then watch Nolan Gorman rock it yeah, out of the park. Yeah. So
Yeah, I do wonder. I do we don't wonder, know that happened, though, to be clear. Yeah, true. It, <laughs> I, I might all, have just made it seem like that happened. It did not. <laughs> it, it is all speculation, but it, it does beg the question how much that kind of stuff is being uh, being examined. I see another text here. There's no name on this one, so if you text us, please leave your name just so we can give you a shout-out. Um, the strong lineup we have has yet to him a, hit a home run, question mark, exclamation mark, which is uh, definitely a valid concern. I saw this from uh, the base Brandon, a baseball editor at The Score. He says the Blue Jays in 106 ABs and the Brewers. I think he tweeted this right as the game ended, so it's possible this number has gone up, but the Brewers have had 92 ABs. Their game is ongoing still or was at the time. But the Blue Jays, 106, Brewers, 92 ABs, the only two teams that a home run so far this season. And then you were telling me that uh, our, our pal uh, Scott Carson yeah. from Sportsnet's uh, own stats department saying that the Blue Jays have never gone a se- never opened a season without hitting a home run in the first three games. Never. Which is insane to me, I have insane. to say. I mean, I, you know, admittedly was not there for the, the 70s and 80s teams and all that. But I, I just thought with the style of baseball <laughs> that it might, you know, just a little less home run hitting that maybe there would, there would be an instance, but no, even, you know, some of the, some of the really brutal teams, even like, I was like, really 1978, but John Mayberry hit a homer. It almost every of the first three years. It's like, okay, John Mayberry, he hit one there. Okay. He got one in that game. We're, <laughs> we're clear, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's an interesting one because it's almost one of the surest things you feel about the team. Like they have players who can hit home runs. Yeah. So that. That's one where I, to me, I'm, especially after three games, I'm not so worried. Maybe if I'm the Brewers, I am because they didn't hit home runs last year, but for the Blue Jays, a team that, you know, really for the history of its organization has been a home run hitting organization for a long time. I mean, have always had loaded power hitting teams. It, it it feels like this is, you know, a short blip and they did, you know, they picked up 10 hits today. I, there weren't that many positives from today's game, but if you were looking at yesterday's game where it took them until the seventh inning to pick up a hit, they did, they swung the bat much better today. The walks and stuff may even it out, but when they actually swung, they swung a lot better. I do want to talk about Dalton Varshow and certainly uh, Matt Chapman as well, and we haven't gotten to the bullpen either. We'll get to all of those things before we say goodbye, but before we do that, I want to go back to the phone lines. Russ calling in from New Jersey. Russ, welcome back to Jaystock. Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, I, I, I caught on to that, that they didn't hit a home run. They probably didn't hit a home run to the third game last season. I think that was a game Guerrero hit three against the right. Yankees. If I'm, I'm, I might be incorrect. I don't know. I think they opened up with the Yankees last year. But, um, you know, like I, I think the last caller had a good point but about the, you know, the quick the, 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 the timer out there. But if you're thinking about it, the Blue Jays have a great lineup. So, if it's if it, it's going to help, it's going to help offensive teams, and the Blue Jays have a very very good offensive team. Obviously, it wasn't the start you want to get today, but it's three games into the season. I'm not going to not going to panic at all. You know, yeah, I really, you know, of course every game counts, but until Memorial Day here in the states, that's when you really look up and say, okay, how's how's the team performing? So, you know, you know, off to one and two with like. Like you said, you got a lot. You know, you could have been easily zero and three. I, I I happened to be at the first game. I flew into St. Louis for the game and I came home. But you know, they won that game ten nine. They barely. But you know, it's a long season. That's why they play one hundred and sixty two. And 
you know, hopefully better starts ahead. But I'm not gonna, I'm not jumping off the bridge yet. You know what I mean? I appreciate that, Russ. Thanks for calling into Jay's talk. Russ said he was at uh, the game, the season opener. Maybe Russ is the Blue Jays' good luck charm. It's true. It stayed, is true. Just stayed, Russ. By <laughs> the way, for for those who don't know, he's waiting until Memorial Day, so that's mm-hmm. May 29th. So Russ has got like a lot of time. Thank which, you for saying that because if you had yes, asked me uh, <laughs> upon pain of death, I would not have been able to tell you when Memorial Day was. So thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate the uh, the the patience and Measured. bigger picture yeah, yeah. look of of many of our callers and texters today, because yeah, I mean, it is game three at the end of the day, like like a lot of these things. And and Russ makes a point too about the the clock. I will say, regardless of your feelings on the clock, both teams use it evenly. So I would say you can't really win or lose a game because of the clock, because if you violated, like the other team didn't, you know, you did something they didn't, they were better than you at it. So I, I wouldn't probably not use it as much of a excuse for, for individual or team performances, I would say, although I know early on, like I get it, but at the same time, you know, like Jordan Montgomery hadn't pitched under a pitch clock either. He, sure. looked, he looked pretty good today. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, Hey, look, he got, he got <laughs> so, hit around in that, in that second inning too, when the blue Jays tried to let yeah. Bassett off the hook and they got to Montgomery like a fair bit in that yeah. second inning, which was pretty encouraging to see. So the, the blue Jays are definitely capable of manufacturing runs. It's just when you get put in a hole like that so early on, it is difficult for any team to, to fight back out of it. But um, I do appreciate Russ's response, uh, a relatively measured one. And uh, yeah, I know that I know, I know it's early. Early is a common refrain you've heard on Jay's talk over the years, but game three is actually quite early. Like, yes, the game is freakishly early. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Like the like a loss in like if you miss the playoffs by one game, a loss in April is still as bad as a loss in October. Don't, don't get me wrong, but at the yes. same time, there's still a lot of runway left to fix issues you see crop up in the first three games, which is why I think I and a lot of other people don't um don't get too worked up. Let's take it. Let's take a very quick break, Ben. When we come back, we will go back to the phone lines, back to the text lines. You're listening to Jay's Talk, presented by Crown Rust Protection on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection across the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on Sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. Show Ali Ben Shulman with you, taking your calls and texts. After a 9-4 Blue Jays loss in the rubber match of this one. And Ben, before we get back to the phone lines and back to the text line, let's get to the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. With Bet365, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19 plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. I'm guessing if you bet on uh, a Nolan Gorman home run today, you're probably feeling, or a Brendan Donovan home run, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself. <laughs> because, My goodness, uh, you're feeling amazing. Yes. If you bet on the Brendan Donovan home run, you made a lot of money today. I, I would think so. I, I would, no offense, like he's probably a 25 homer guy, but still, each game, he, that's got to be great payback. Uh, thanks to those guys, the Blue Jays are one and two. They yeah. sit at the bottom of the AL East, tied with the Baltimore Orioles, who are also one and two, following an eight to five loss to the Boston Red Sox. Actually, after yesterday's, and checking in on the St. Louis Bar and Grill out of town scoreboard, after yesterday's shocking 
Red Sox comeback win over the Orioles. The Red Sox are actually two to two and one like that. They, I think it was Ryan McKenna. Wasn't yeah, it, in the it was and Ryan he, McKenna. And he just dropped like the most routine fly ball you will ever see. Like right off his palm. And he camped it like he had. It wasn't he like he it. camped and it fell 20 feet behind him <laughs> yeah. or he lost, like he was under it. And uh, and then the next uh, like a couple a couple pitches later, Adam Duvall smoking a walk off home run at Fenway Park. So uh, because of that, and of course, the eight to five win today for the Red Sox, the Red Sox are two and one. Baltimore is one and two. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays cleaned up over the Detroit Tigers. They are three and zero, oh, and the Yankees beat the Giants, and uh, they are now two and one. Ross Stripling, unfortunately, getting lit up in that game. So, um, you know, for those who were like, "Oh well, if you hadn't replaced Bassett with Stripling, it would be different." Uh, well, uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. Not and I guess you know, for those who are uh, upset, I don't think there are many, but who are who are very upset at the Blue Jays' record. Not that I don't blame you for wanting it to be better. Um, the Cincinnati Reds, the Colorado Rockies playoff teams. If we stop the regular season today, uh, is that actually true? Yeah, it is. That's so silly. that's silly. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much. I, my, uh, my good friend, Allie Kaler works for major league baseball and is from uh, Cincinnati. She mm-hmm. tweeted out, I think it was the, she had the exact minute. The last time the Reds were first place in their division. It wasn't as long ago as you think it was oh. like April, 2021. Oh, I would, yeah, yeah. I would have guessed longer than that for sure. Yeah. But, it's uh, not as long as you'd think. I mean, like the Rangers are leading the AL West right now over the Houston Astros. And I mean, I guess that could change. I suppose if they, if the Texas, uh, Texas and Philly are playing in Sunday night baseball tonight, but so that I could, think that Houston could change. might've just lost. I actually think their record's about to change for the worst to two and two, two and two. Yeah. They're yeah. two and one entering this game. So there you go. That's the quick check of the major league stand endings watch presented by bet three, six, five. You know, we haven't talked a lot about the batting so far today, the hitting today by the uh, blue Jays batters. And look, we not a, not a banner day. Certainly when you get four runs, but Dalton Varsho, two hits, both singles into left field. He looked pretty good. Whit Merrifield had, I believe both of his first RBI of the season today. He had an RBI sack fly, an RBI single as well. He was in left field also. And uh, Matt Chapman, two hits, both doubles, one an RBI double. He is six for 12 to start the season, Ben. And he, I, I would say, generally speaking, he has had pretty quality ABs. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's absolutely demolishing everything he swings at just killing stuff to all over the field today. It was a lot of pull side power, but I I do think it's worth noting that this hot start has involved right and right center field a bit too. And that's a massive lift for the blue Jays. He's, you know, bouncing around in kind of the five to seven spot. If he really emerges, I mean, Alejandro Kirk's a very good hitter, but Chapman at his best can at least at this point in Kirk's career, probably pass Kirk and grab a five spot. If he hits up to his potential. I mean, this is a, you know, a guy who hit, over 30 homers and over a hundred RBIs in a season before when he was pretty young, he just had a pretty major injury in between then and now, but he's looking good. And every year further away from the surgery that he had, there's a chance that he's just feeling better and better because his numbers very much correlate again, correlation causation. You never know, but correlate with when that surgery happened, he's been getting better and better, but gradually since I know we're, Probably going to talk about Matt Chapman's contract situation eh, for the Some entire point, season, yeah. <laughs> probably. Like until unless he signs, which feels mid-season, unlikely. Which, like you said, it, Boris it, client. It, yeah, he is. He's he's going to test the market. I would think just because why wouldn't you? If this is going to be probably your last like major payday, I think most players probably should honestly. But if that's the case, then we're going to be talking about like we're going to be talking about his production, not just with the glove, which is what you know you get with Chapman, just generally speaking. Uh, but also his production at the plate, essentially all season. Like he might be yeah. the, the most discussed 
Blue Jay from an offensive standpoint, maybe even more than the guys who are under contract and will be for the, with the team for a long period of time, like uh, George Springer or Bobichet or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., just because you kind of know where you stand and expectations are where they are where they are for guys like Springer, Bo, and Vladdy. But with Matt Chapman, I think like the bat, even going back to last season when when he was with the Jays, it's just. It's always felt kind of like not an afterthought, but it's almost like oh, okay, what I, you, you kind of take what you get because yeah. it's never it's that's not the the thing about Matt Chapman. Yeah, you know, you sign him first and foremost for defense, but third base, you know, unlike some of the spots near it, like short or second, premier offensive position. So you still expect a certain level of production, and and I think Chapman hit that level last year. Like, did he have a phenomenal season at the plate? No. Did he have a terrible season at the plate. No, he had a, he had a fine season at the plate and contributed pretty solid in his role. But if he can become once again, or, or refine that form to be, you know, in the discussion for among the top offensive third baseman. And you pair that with the fact that he's entrenched as one of the best defensive third baseman that starts to push you into how valuable are you compared to everyone in this league? Because yeah, I mean, you don't find many defenders like him, that can still at at their worst hold yeah. their own at the plate coming off in major injuries hold their own at the plate and at their best you know can be silver slugger candidates i i don't have the entire list of the mlb 2020 free agents in front of me but now that manny machado has signed because he signed his mega deal with the padres in the offseason yep and so he's off the market but now that machado is off the market i dare say there can't be very many third base free agents that are more attractive to basically any team than Matt Chapman. You know what I mean? Like like his age, considering his production, what he brings with the glove, what he can bring if healthy with the bat. It just, it just really does strike me that there might not be very many more valuable players than Chapman. And maybe in all of baseball, when it comes to pending free agents. Yeah. So I, this list may be accurate, may not be incredibly accurate, but I like spotrack.com for okay. stuff. So I think okay. it's usually pretty good. This sure. is the projected free agents 2024 at third base. Josh Donaldson, Evan Longoria, Justin Turner, Eduardo Escobar, but there's a team option, Matt Carpenter. All of those guys Ooh. are at a minimum five years older at a minimum. Most of them are like seven years older than Matt Chapman, who himself is 30. Jamer Candelario's out there too. I didn't really think that would push the envelope. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, he's he certainly looks to be by far the best third baseman on the market. And then when you look at general players, I mean, there are some huge names like a Shohei Otani. But in terms of the position players, I mean, he's kind of up there right now. Unless something unforeseen, something I don't know about comes down, like he he looks just about as good as any batter you're going to get on the free agent market. The guys out there are like Javier Baez is an opt out that I doubt he takes, to be honest. Yasmani Grandal, who two years ago was one of the best catchers in baseball last year. Wasn't Jock Peterson. So yeah, I mean, he's when I look at that, honestly, he's testing free agency. Like if we yeah. didn't even know before, like why would he not now? Why he's going to be yeah, the best guy he? out there. Yeah. Even if he is interested in going back to the blue Jays, even if, he only wanted to go back to the Blue Jays. You could justify in a business decision to go to the other teams, get an offer, and then at least and go back to back. the Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, like you listed a bunch of guys there. I mean, of of all free agents, not just of third baseman, of all free agents, apart from Shohei, because Otani is kind of like in a in a class of his own because of the kind of player he is. But you just leave him aside for a second. 
other guys like the Charlie Blackmans of the world or I don't know, like uh, Will Smith. The I miss Reese, Reese Hoskins, who's who's a bigger one. But he also tore his ACL. It's true. Right? So, I it's mean, like, how much does that affect what Reese yeah. Hoskins is going to get? Because Reese Hoskins, I think, was a sneaky, important player for the Phillies. And, I mean, he factored in pretty heavily into a variety of decisions in the postseason last year in their, relatively speaking, unlikely run to the World Series. But the man tore his ACL, which is awful because he was a pending UFA. Yeah. I mean, other guy like Tay Oscar is is going to fight, I think, in the caliber of contracts that Chapman will. Maybe not exactly the same. Uh, depends on how this year goes. Ian Happ, maybe, you know. Yeah, sure. Kind of positionless and, you know, switch hitter. But yeah, there's not a lot of competition. That's the thing. I think like with all those names from position player standpoints, they're just not a lot of guys you would you would stack up with Matt Chapman. I'm sure there's some, there will be some opt-out situations as there always tends to be. But for the most part, UFAs as of right now at the end of the season, Matt Chapman pretty high up there. Uh, let's hear some post-game audio, Ben. John Schneider has spoken to the media, his availability over. So let's hear from the skipper. Here he is discussing the start of one Chris Bassett. I mean, we know he's not going to light up the gun on any given pitch. And there was a couple 93s. Um, I think it was his third inning, but I'm not concerned with that at all. Yeah, I mean, he's like the ultimate teammate competitor, you know. So I think just kind of putting our, our guys behind the eight ball, you know, kind of got punched in the mouth real hard. And then, you know, we come right back with three. Um, Sunball didn't help, you know, it happens, you know, you hate that, you know, and that kind of leads to another beginning. But, um, you know, he's the kind of guy I think consistently he's going to keep us in games. And, you know, today just wasn't his day. That is John Schneider speaking to the media about Chris Bassett. He seems to be not, as you might imagine, Schneider, generally speaking, Ben is like pretty level-headed. So I, I guess he's yeah. not, he's not uh, ringing any alarm bells, just like kind of like what Russ was saying. And even, even what Billy was saying as well, when we were taking calls earlier, it's just, it's 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 a bad start. There's no way to slice it otherwise than other way than it's it was a horrible, awful start. I saw I saw one of the Sportsnet fast facts blip across our screen saying no no Jays pitcher has allowed four home runs in his first day in his very first game his debut with a the new team. So that is uh, obviously not ideal. But uh, going forward, even though Bassett is not the kind of guy who's going to blow you away with like raw stuff, he is more of a finesse pitcher as we were talking about in the pregame show. But um, Still, it's there. There are things you can look forward to from Bassett when it comes to his seven, eight pitch arsenal that might still play going forward throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. And this is a guy with a ton of experience pitching very well at the major league level. So that, I think that just kind of calms everything down, probably for John Schneider as well. I mean, it, it's not like certain situations where it could be a young player or maybe it's a player coming over from a different league, like an international league. And because of that, there's not that much tape on them. And so you don't know yet. I mean, Chris Bassett by most indications, like should be fine. He's pitched, you know, he's, he's had over a hundred starts in the last four seasons and, or 96 starts and he's pitched to a three, three ERA. You don't put that much together without being consistently good enough. So I think, It'll, it'll work itself out, I'm sure. But, you know, it's his, it was his first start with a new team. It's his third team in three years. There are probably, you know, going to be some things that uh, don't look as good in April, May as they're going to in July, August. Uh, ben, we have a couple of minutes left here. Before we go, real quick, one last point I wanted to get to with you. Uh, Trevor Richards, amongst the many relievers that saw action today, Pop, Bass, Mesa as well, but... I wanted to specifically get to Richards because we'd gotten a lot of questions just generally speaking over the course of spring training and, and over the course of the games, the last couple of days as well about why he is still on the roster. 
And the guy, look, I know he doesn't have the most overwhelming stuff, but he gets strikeouts. Like he actually looked in two innings of work today. I think he had three strikeouts. Yep. He, he looked pretty good. All things considered. It's like, that's probably the, to the, the answer to the question. Why other guys are not up with the major league team right now. Also, he has no options. Yeah, so he has no options. They traded Rowdy Tellez to get him. He he certainly has that big strikeout pitch when he has that sinker going away. I You know, I think where a lot of people might be wondering, where's the second lefty? Think of Trevor Richards as the second lefty. His stuff, if you look at his numbers, plays overwhelmingly better to left-handed hitters than it does to right-handed hitters. So it, it it's just a new age. Lefties, lefty on lefty isn't necessarily what is the, always the best matchup anymore. That was the conventional thought. Now, you know, you got a righty whose pitches play well to lefties. Why do you necessarily need to add another left-handed reliever? And this is coming from a left-handed host of the show. <laughs> I uh, I have no doubt we will see another lefty get called up at some point. But, Probably, yeah. but right now, yeah, I am not, I'm not too worried about the state of the bullpen at this moment, despite the uh, results. That's Ben Shulman. I'm Show Ali. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Did you know spring is the best time of year to protect your vehicle from rust? Find out why and book your appointment today at crown.com. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection. Ben Wagner, Ben Shulman, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore along with us today. That does it for Jay's Talk. Appreciate the interaction as always. Jay's wrapping up the 9-4 to loss to the Cards. Ben and I are back next weekend. We'll talk to you then.